yo, 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 what's going on? Shot callers back in the building, baby. And we've got the newly married Timmy Diesel with us. Yes, sir. What's going on, my brother? Hey, guys. Uh, so first, I got to apologize because if anyone listened to 48 Minutes last past week, I was drained and I was, it was not, it was not my <laughs> finest hour by any means. Um, hey, bro, I bet brother. I bet for sure. But I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, my beloved Cincinnati red legs today took down, took four straight from our arch enemies of the red birds from hell. I mean, yes, St. Sir. Louis um, and NBA playoffs are rolling. I know my guys are out of it, but I'm cool with it. We'll talk about that today. Absolutely. I'm just happy to be here on shot college with the crew. Yes, sir. And my brother, my ace Buku, my number one, Joshua, Odellis, Pharrellis, Montellus, Overzealous, Claxton, Hayes. What's going on, my brother? I don't think they know about the Claxton yet. So We've talked about it. Yeah, we talk about your love for Claxton. I'm I'm happy to have Tim back, man. We gave you a lot of praise uh, last week when we shot our show, um, you know, hanging out with Mr. Khan. And uh, glad to have you back, man. I hope the honeymoon was fantastic. Uh, Hard to come home. Oh, I bet. I bet. We needed you back, man. We needed you back. So um, I'm ready to get into it. Playoffs are, are on and popping. And uh, we've had some crazy games already, some crazy series already. And I know uh, we want to start off with a really big topic. So, Ben, I'm going to let you get us started. Let's roll. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, gentlemen, <clears throat> the defending NBA champions are out in the first round of the playoffs. Of course, bearing the brunt of all this are the stars, AD, who suffered a growing injury um, and wasn't himself. I mean, it was obvious that he was hurting. And anybody that's had a growing injury knows like those are very painful. You can't move laterally. You can't do anything really. And even that, even him trying to get out and play in that game, um, I was kind of shocked that they got him out there for game six, uh, because truth be told, like if you've ever had one of those, like you know you can't move, you can't jump, you can't explode, and you're just a shell of yourself. Uh, but the one I want to talk about is is LeBron, and gentlemen, we're going to get into this conversation because I, I think. And I won't say that I'm a LeBron apologist, but I will say this. For, for a guy that's done so much for the league, not saying that he's done everything perfect, not saying that he's done everything right, but a guy that's been so positive, not only in the league, for the league, for this community, for not only just L.A., but for Akron, his home city, the amount of, like, disdain and hate for him, and, and, and I get it, people it, – People want to go back to the GOAT debate, and we don't discuss that here on 48 Minutes. That's rule number one. We don't discuss that. We don't discuss who's the greatest, blah, blah, blah. But I think in people's mind, a lot of them want to compare him to Jordan. And, and, and I've never seen a superstar that is so dynamic at what he does. When he fails, I mean, every hater comes out of the woodwork. I mean, every hater comes out of the woodwork. And, and that part, I don't understand. I don't get how a guy can go to so many finals, have four rings done. I mean, what is he, a four or five-time MVP? Like, is it four? He's got, he's got four MVPs, right? Two us and Jordan. Jordan has six. Yeah. No, Jordan had five. 
Okay, so yeah. So yeah, so okay, yeah. But four. I mean, back, but he's back a mul- yeah. So so he's a multiple time MVP of the league. Um, at age thirty six, I mean, he still was was tops in scoring, tops in rebounds, tops in assists. He still led that team when he was healthy, and unfortunately suffered an injury a little bit later in the season, which happens. Um, which is another part of a different discussion for a different time because the 71 days in between the end of one season and going to the other obviously had an effect on them because they sure. were drained. And you saw it with the Heat as well. Those teams the Celtics. were absolutely exhausted. You can see it. But I want to get back to the hate on LeBron. Why, why do people feel the need to hate on a guy that's done so much and accomplished so many things and, and – and I, and I don't understand why there's so much spew of hate. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not a LeBron apologist. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying he's done everything perfect. But the guy has been great for the league. He's an ambassador for the league. He's a, a bastard on social issues. He's, he's accomplished everything that you want in the league. Right now, he is, what, third in all-time scoring? Yeah, not too far away uh, from second. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's right next to Carl Malone, and he's probably going to get to Kareem if he stays healthy. Why all the hate, Tim? You're you are you are a LeBron guy. You love LeBron. Uh, the Lakers, and, and I know that you you know the Lakers and the Bulls are one and two on your team favorites. Tell me, uh, tell me why? Like, why all the hate? I don't get it. Um, well, first I'll say this. Um, I know a lot of people expect me to come on here and probably be really frustrated that they got eliminated. And truthfully, I'm not. Um, right. Well, obviously, they won the title last year, and like you said, everything you mentioned as far as you know, they had the shortened off season and they were drained and the injuries and, you know, like the Suns were just better. Like yeah. that series Absolutely. should be, that series should be more about the Suns than it is the Lakers. And I almost I feel, I feel bad. Yeah. I feel bad that it's not. And I understand it's the Lakers. It's, you know, mm-hmm. the brand, it's the Lake show, it's showtime. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like at some point we got to talk about the fact that Devin Booker is Phenomenal. that dude. He is that dude. Like, the thing that we all were like, are we sure he could do this in the playoffs? He not only did in the playoffs, he took down the king in the playoffs. Like, mm-hmm. you can say what you will about injuries. You can say anything. Let's give props to the Suns. DeAndre Ayton was fantastic. Chris Paul was pretty good, and he didn't have to be great in yep. this series. Yep. Um, so I would say kudos to the Suns on everything. They're, they're my hope to win the series, to win it all. Yeah. Like, I don't think yeah. they will. Um, but they're by far the most fun team left in the playoffs to me. I, I would agree with that. Um, but in regards to your question, I think it's a lot of just like, and look, I, I think a lot of people feel threatened by LeBron James. Okay. I think a lot of people don't like athletes that speak out like he does. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people have a tendency to kind of be worried about that, um, you know, and I think, like, you see this a lot with athletics now. Um, if you're not doing the Tim Tebow route of, like, make sure everyone looks at me so I can make sure I get other jobs over and over again, like, people are mad. <laughs> right. Uh, God, Tim Tebow is the most attention-seeking athlete I've ever seen in my life. It's, it's pathetic. <laughs> it's really pathetic. Um, but, you know, I think also it kind of goes with that he has been dominant. Like, not only has he lived up to the expectations we heard about when he was a 16 years old in uh, mm-hmm. Sports Illustrated, he has surpassed those. Mm-hmm. When we heard about this kid from St. Vincent, St. Mary, we didn't think, oh, this might be one of the greatest players of all time. We thought, oh, this guy could be really good in the NBA one day. We right. didn't think multiple MVPs, NBA championships, so-and-so straight finals, all-star games, sneaker deals, you know. Maybe people did. Um, you know, he was like the chosen one, but right. I was excited about him, but I never looked at it as like, this is the next guy. 
Um, right. And, you know, he has been. So I think that plays a part, but I think it's just like to kind of go off of what you're saying here, I got to put it this way. I have no problem with people choosing who they do and don't like as athletes. That's our opinions. That's the beauty of sports. Like we root for teams, mm-hmm. we root against teams. It's what we do. <laughs> but like, you know, you've guys heard me say many times, I'm not a big Trey Young guy. Can I appreciate how talented he is? Totally. Unreal. Mm-hmm. What he did in the playoffs so for these like two today and the previous round where he just took the Knicks out. Excellent. Terrific. Mm-hmm. Kudos to him. Um, but people who like when LeBron loses, it blows my mind that people like us, like, you know, modern citizens mm-hmm. think that we can just are going to go to Twitter and be like, ha ha, you lost. And he's going to be like upset about that. This isn't the Simpsons episode where they're playing softball <laughs> and the guys are mocking Daryl Strawberry. Like, that's <laughs> not what this is anymore. Like, All right. you know, when people are like commenting on them, first off, it's really weird that people are comfortable calling him clown. I don't understand that. That's, yeah. That feels uncomfortable to me. Yeah. I don't like that. Um, yeah. But I think that it's just kind of like, I think I would be embarrassed of myself if I went I like tweeted at an athlete and was like, you're a loser because right. that guy's like, yeah, I count a lot of money in the bank right now that right. you've never seen before and yeah. many endorsement deals. And, also, and I've accomplished way more in my life than you probably ever have or ever will. Ever. Yeah. So like, I have no problem with people like being okay with LeBron being eliminated, being happy. He got eliminated because they don't like him as like, cause they, they root against him because he's been dominant. Mm-hmm. That's fine. That's cool. But like the people who like are literally like have been waiting for this for 15 opportunities so they can say, I told you so are ridiculous. Like get a life. You're a loser. Move on with your life. He has done everything he said he was going to do. And then some Mm -hmm. deal with it again, kudos to the Suns. They deserve more of the conversation than what's going on in the LeBron hate. I agree. Odellis. All right. Tim, you made some, so a valid argument. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on the uh, on the on the social side of uh, the social media side of this aspect of why LeBron gets so much criticism. And uh, I will tell you first and foremost, I am a Michael Jordan guy. We don't question mm-hmm. here, but I, I'm a Jordan first guy. I'm always gonna say that he's the goat. Um, that's not going to say that I'm not going to take away from LeBron and say that he's not. I actually have LeBron right there at number two. And, and I think it might even be closer even me saying this, I think it might even be closer than what people may even think. Um, the guy's done literally everything you could possibly do from a basketball standpoint for his career. And um, I think that you have um the different types of generations that look at this and they see how one player did it, player A, they see how another player did did it, player B, and then they see how player C did it. Well, you take player C, who will name LeBron, and they're like, oh, he's played for four different, he's, he's been on four different technically teams, even though he played for Cleveland twice, and, you know, he's had all these guys come play with him, and, um, you know, he asked for this guy, and he wants power, and he wants control, and he he wants to speak up and he wants to do this. Well, that's kind of the new day and age of the NBA, man, where the players have a lot of power now with, you know, the CBA and how it's written and how things are put in and the amount of money that's being made now. And with the social media platforms that we didn't have back in the seventies, eighties, nineties, and even the early two thousands where players couldn't just get on and speak up about stuff. Um, It's a lot easier to get your voice out there. And with him being the face of the league, 
he probably has the ability to be able to speak on a platform that others can't. Um, I know we, you know, we had talked about before, you know, we talked about the whole KD Rappaport incident and, but it just shows you like, you can reach anybody at any given time when it comes to whatever you want to talk about. So when there are things that are going on in society and there are things that are going on in the world and you're at a platform where you have, you know, millions and millions of followers and you say something and they see it and then it's retweet, 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 you know, share, 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 share. It gets to so many people so fast. The next thing you know, just like a text message, I feel like things get taken out of context. And now you have this whole argument going on with what someone said, how it was taken, what he meant, what he didn't mean. And um, I've always had an issue with that. And it's a lot easier just hear it straight from the person's mouth. So I feel like LeBron, um, I feel like he gets ridiculed a lot for things that are taken out of context. Now I know he said some silly things in the past that he probably shouldn't have said, um, but he, I, I do think that he gets taken out of context. And I do think that there are people out there that still just want athletes to be athletes and they don't want to be part of, they don't want to be part of like what's going on in the real world. But unfortunately, when you bring real world problems into sports, I feel like sports should have the, the, the ability to be able to reply to those situations at is. Um, so for instance, you know, when he spoke on the whole, the whole uh, rockets ordeal in China, you know, people ridiculed him for that, um, you know, but he was asked questions. Um, you know, they asked him what his thoughts were on it. Don't ask him what your thoughts are if you don't want to reply to it and then you don't like the reply that you get or you, if he doesn't respond a certain way, you know, you guys are going to get upset with him about it. You know, because I'm sure, you know, back in the days when you had Bird and Magic and all those guys, they responded to things too and they probably didn't respond the right way. But like I said, because you don't have the ability to get that stuff out right away, you know, the, the, um, the slander and stuff didn't come back on them as much as it did. Now, when we watched The Last Dance, you know, we did see a lot of, might get a lot of criticism that we probably didn't even know about back then. You know, him, him going to the casino in the middle of a series, you know, playing against the Knicks. And so he, he got, he got um, scrutinized and criticized too, but it, it gets to people so fast now um, with the way we have technology. I just think that sometimes there's just points where I, I don't know if there's anything LeBron can do or can say at this point that someone's not going to say something. Now, on the basketball aspect of it, I still think you have that argument where you have the old school fans that don't, it's, it's always a LeBron versus Jordan thing. And they don't want LeBron to do anything that's going to jeopardize Jordan being the GOAT. So anytime that LeBron fails at basketball, that is a coming out party for all those old school fans to say, ha ha, look at you. You know, you said you didn't do this, but you just did. You, you guys always want to criticize Mike because he didn't make it out of the first round of the playoffs the first three years. Well, look, LeBron just lost in the first round. So it's kind of like oh, a, I oh. hear that losing in the first round is better for your legacy than losing in the finals, Josh. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, or the, or the LeBron in year 17 didn't make the playoffs. You know, uh, well, Mike in year 15 didn't make the playoffs with the Wizards. So, <laughs> I, I mean, to to each its own, you know, like people forget that, Tim, you and I talk about it all the time. Like people forget Mike had had two, a two year stint with Washington where like, he was not very good. His team wasn't very good. He had spurts of showing us that he was old Mike, but he was not good. And um, I don't think people realize like 18 years in the league, 36 years old, wear and tear, the mileage on the body, the constant, the constant just grind for grind for grind. And we know LeBron's an iron, like he, he played almost every game, like, 
up until two years ago, he didn't have an injury that kept him out a really long time. I mean, so his body just took it, took it, took it, took it, took it. I think we're finally starting to see where his body's going on the decline. Um, I don't even know if the rest over the summer is going to help, but those are the two things for me. The, the, the social media part of it where, you know, just the information can get out so fast and him being the face of the league, he's able to get, he's able to get his, his self in front of it a lot more than most. And then the argument with the fans about the Jordan LeBron goat debate. I really think those are the two things that he gets criticized for the most. So people are looking for him to fail so they can say, you're not as good as the guy I think is the best. Yeah. And I think to piggyback off what you said, my issue with the goat is not that people have opinions. I'm fine with that. Like, it's great. Um, It's the fact that like people are hateful about it. And some of the facts people use to steer in their direction, like, for example, I saw someone who said, uh, well, the years that Jordan won the title, he never lost three in a row in those years. And it's like, okay, sure. But the years he didn't lose the title, he did. And right. so like, you're like, you know, you're, you're steering the argument to your point. So like, that's me, like me being like, okay, yeah, John Morant is phenomenal and he's better than Donovan Mitchell. Well, see, because he has more assists, I don't know if this is true. I'm just bullshitting at this right. point. Right, right, but like, yeah. but, you know, like, if, but like see in, you're a, saying. in a tweet, if someone sees it, they go, oh, okay, yeah, sure, whatever. But like, it's like, I just feel like the goat argument for me is just like, it's so lazy. And this isn't like a cop out for me because to me, like, like Josh said, I mean, look behind me. I got Jordan posters, LeBron Wheaties. I got the Space Jam doll from the original one. Like, they're the two greatest basketball players I've ever seen touch basketball. And yeah. for me, I appreciate to enjoy both of them. I choose. Yes, that's, I that's, choose yeah, that's, yeah. That's like, what I'm saying. Like, like, why can't there just be appreciation for greatness in basketball? Yeah. Like I said, like, I don't love James Harden. Do I think he's incredible? Yeah, he's incredible. Right. There's no getting around it. But that's like, we're, we're different, Tim, because we're fans of the game itself. Right. It's not, it's not LeBron or bust for you. Like you're a fan of the game. Exactly. So my, preference, my preference personally is I'm a Jordan guy. Like, sure. like that was my legacy as a childhood, you know, as a, as a kid. And so I understand the young kids growing up and having LeBron and they're like, this is the guy I grew up with. Like he showed me basketball. He came straight out of high school. He was the real deal. As soon as he stepped on the floor, like, so like to tarnish that, to try to like, when you start finding flaws to try to make him not seem as great as what he is, and, and you do it by any means necessary, like, oh, look, LeBron had a turnover. Now, you know, I, we can talk later about basketball stuff. When, when there's things that he does that makes me upset sometimes, and, and, I, and, I, and I get angry with him about it, but it doesn't make me change how I feel about him at the end of the day. And I think some people take it personal, like, that's my guy. Like, that is yeah. my Jordan is my guy, and if you try to attack his um, his stature and his legacy, like I'm coming at you at no matter what cost. Like, dude, you don't know Michael Jordan. Like, you don't know him outside of watching WGN in the '90s. Right. <laughs> you don't know him other than being on Gatorade commercials, and 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 like you've never met the man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand he was your childhood hero, and I understand you want to defend his honor and his legacy, but like not at the expense of putting down another person. Right. You hit the nail on the head. It's about the it's about generations defending the, their idols. So, like, you know, I think that that plays a big part of it too. And I get that. I'm cool with that. Like for me, in my eyes, from who I saw play football, Barry Sanders was the greatest running back I ever saw touch a ball. Mm-hmm. You guys are a little older than me, respectfully. I'm not saying this in a bad way. Right. 
But you guys can come to me and be like, no, it's Walter Payton. And I can go, okay, sure. You guys saw him play. I didn't. Like, and I feel like in this case, we could have that conversation about Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, and why this guy was the best in this guy's, but we can go, okay, sure. But in this Michael Jordan LeBron thing, it's like, if you're wrong, you're an idiot. You don't know anything. Right. Get a life. And it's like, it doesn't have to be that way, people. Yeah. I would agree with that, man. Like, yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. It's, you guys both brought up really valid points about, you know, with it being generational and, you know, I, people only take the six years that Michael Jordan won championships. They don't take any other, any of the other years. Into nothing else ever happened. Nothing else ever happened. You know what I mean? That was a six year, uh, you know, what he played 15 years in the league and they take six of them and be like, oh yeah, that's the greatest run, which I mean, it was a great run. It was incredible. No question about it, but. You know, there were years where Larry Bird kicked him out in the first round. There were years the Detroit Pistons beat the crap out of him. There were years when he came back with the Wizards and was awful. I mean, so there's there were all kinds of snippets. He was learning. He was learning. Yeah. 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 I mean, absolutely. We we can't all be Magic Johnson who just walks in the door and immediately makes it like as an NBA champion. Like, it just just doesn't happen that way. I I also really dislike when people try to use stats as the measurement of who was the better player um, because – and we'll talk about this later when we talk about the Clipper series, like stats don't tell the story all the time of a basketball game. And, and that yeah. really bothers me sometimes when someone sees a stat line and be like, Oh, this player, this player's better. Cause look at his stat line. And I'm like, yeah, that's not really how the game went. Like sometimes you have to watch and have an eye, like you have to have the eye test of what's going on um, to, to determine on, you know, how a player plays or, or, or how a player did, or, you know, if, if you want to say someone's better than the other, like the eye test has to pay a deal. But, and, and Tim, that's to your point, you know, Barry Sanders, you said was the best player I have seen as a running back play football. You're telling us that with your eyes. You're telling like, when I watch TV, like this guy had a sucky quarterback, a horrible line. Um, his defense wasn't very good. And yet somehow, um, and I'll tell you, you know, Barry Sanders has the most carries for negative yards out of any running back in the history of football. He also retired with like the the highest yards per carry average in the history of football. So. Right. <laughs> when Corey yeah. Dillon broke the rushing record that game against the Broncos, he had six carries for negative yardage. Yeah. He ended with 41 carries for 278 yards. That's crazy, right. isn't it? <laughs> so yeah, so I, you know the LeBron the LeBron thing is always is, is something that I mean, of course, we'll go on until his career is over and, and i'm sure it'll go on past when his career is over and people always, always appreciate it. lebron's greatness um, yep. just like i will for any guy that's ever played in the league that was great yeah and here's the other thing when he is retired when that day comes it might be when he's 64 yeah you will miss him absolutely a you thousand may not, percent you may not like watching him win but when he's not there anymore yeah like that year the yankees were bad and then make the playoffs i was like well this isn't fun right yeah you'll you'll miss like, and I, and I think about that a lot, like guys like, you know, him, Steph Curry, guys that are starting to get up in age a little bit, I'm not saying they're old, but, you know, you think of a Chris Paul who just went to Phoenix and turned that whole, you know, between him and Devin Booker, turned that thing around. You got LeBron. You, we just lost D. Wade, you know, last year as far as, as playing-wise, you know what I mean? Like, you think of these guys that you've grown up with all these years, and now they're starting to come to that to that point where, like, man, we're, we're going to see them retire. and. When they leave the league, dude, like, I mean, not saying the league's not in good hands. I mean, there's a lot of beautiful young talent like there. I mean, we've already mentioned Devin Booker, who's a, a flat-out stud. Lillard's a flat-out stud. You know, there's all kinds of guys out there. But, man, 
when guys like that start to 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 you know turn towards the end of their careers and they're gone, man, goodness, what a great great legacy and run we've had the opportunity to watch between the one between all those guys that came into the league. So, <clears throat> next big uh, bit of news that we wanted to discuss: uh, Terry Stotts out at Portland. Uh, some of the names that they had brought up. Jason Kidd, which I think he already removed himself from that. Um, I, there are a few other names in there that have been mentioned. Um, I feel bad for Stotts. I, I, Lillard is a phenomenal player. Um, and, and I kind of almost feel like it's the kind of like the Mavericks in a way, where you've got one really, really good player and you're expecting other guys to step up and do things. And they just don't perform when you need them to perform. Like C.J. McCollum is supposed to be the second guy. And he didn't give you what you needed to win a series. And he's not going to. I mean, let's be honest. I like C.J. McCollum. Yeah. Great, great, great player. I mean, but is he going to be enough to get Damian Lillard over the hump? Probably not. You know, Mirkic uh, is another one. Great. He did a great job. But he's not going to be enough to get those guys over the hump. And, and so – Stotts is out. I don't know who they're going to bring in there, but I know this. They're going to have to bring some talent in order to, to support Damian Lillard. Um, Carmelo's been wonderful, but Carmelo's once again one of those guys that, you know, he's, he does he does great at what he does. He, he you know, but he is he going to be the guy that's going to get you over the hump? Is he going to be that next star? No. So with Stotts being out, what what's Portland's next move? Who who's a guy that they can bring in there and 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 kind of not really fix the franchise, but you know move them forward. I mean because they do have a lot of talent. You do have a top ten player in Lillard that you know he's only got so many years left to try to build a championship around him. Now it's going to be tough being out in the West, of course, with all those all those stars out there. But I want to know who you guys think could be the next coach and what kind of move can they make to get over the hump roster wise i'm gonna be honest with you real quick i don't think that there's anything they can do i think that i think in order for him to go further in his career he's got to leave three words sign that whopper of a deal too um i don't think bill's the answer I really thought that earlier in the season, I thought that they would try to make a trade uh, to get Vucevic out there. Um, obviously, he went to Chicago. Um, I, oh I don't. <laughs> I, <laughs> Tim, I think we're going to be all right, man. I do too. I feel really good about next year, honestly. Um, I don't know if there's a guy out there that Portland can get that can get them over the hump with those teams in the West because Utah is not going anywhere. Uh, Denver's not going anywhere right now. I think they got most of their guys locked in next year. Uh, Phoenix has got most of their guys locked in next year. The Lakers are going to have to do something to up the ante um, to compete with those four teams. I think Dallas is on the rise, and they'll probably make a move to get Luka a little bit more help because um, we've already seen he can pretty much carry the team on his back. Um, he just needs another consistent guy to help him out. For sure. Yeah. Um, the Clippers – I don't know what we'll ever get with the Clippers. Um, I, and let, I mean, he needs a big – I don't know. I watched that series. I feel like they got the right pieces there. I feel like they have a decent team. I feel like Portland has I, a good team. 
You look I, at their roster from top to bottom. It's not a it's not a bad roster. Legit. I kind of disagree. I think their roster stinks. You think so? Yeah, I do. What, so so what what kind of changes could they make? Like what what's what do you feel is was is bad with their roster? I just feel like like the pieces make sense for what they're trying to do. You know, I think Nurkic is good, Cantor's good for what he does, Rodney Hood's fine for what he does. Um, but like they depend a lot on like guys like Anthony Simons, and he's a yeah. good player, but like in a playoff series, like you shouldn't trust him. Right. Um, if I'm them, my suggestion for the Mavericks and the and the Blazers is the same one. And it's just about what team can make it happen. Three words, folks. Carl Anthony Towns. Ooh. Get him out of Minnesota and get him on one of your rosters. Ooh. You think that's enough? I think for a guy like Lillard, because like the difference, you know, the thing about Towns that we're talking about, like you mentioned, like Jokic and like all these great big men in the West, and they're awesome. Nurkic doesn't stretch the floor, and that's something Lillard could really use as a guy like mm-hmm. that. Like, really, who can win like that besides like Steph Curry anymore? Like, right. uh, it's just not possible. I mean, maybe Zion. We but like Stephen Adams is like, that's another team. Can like New Orleans get Carl Anthony yep. Towns in your roster? Yep. You guys yep. got draft picks for centuries. Like, yep. Um, but I think the fact we know what Cat is an offensive player, really, I know we didn't sit there every like night on League Pass and say like I'm going to watch the Timberwolves tonight. Right. But if you watched like 10, 11 games when he played, he's definitely better defensively. Like you can tell, like in the post, he's gotten much better as a defender. Yeah. I think that really Towns can just make a lot of Towns can really make a lot of offenses better because with the way the West is moving, I think like his upside really yeah. is, 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 you know, like in the West Coast, in the, in the West Conference, especially because, like, Eastern Conference, all those big men are awesome. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But I think, really, if you think about like a team like Portland, you move CJ for a guy like Towns, I think your offense is better. You spread yeah. the ball a lot more. Your team's a little more comfortable. Um, coach wise, I think it's got to be, you know, like they're going to hire, they're not going to hire him, but it's got to be David Vanderpool, right? Like, it's, uh-huh. It's the guy you've been like, he's right there. Like, right. He's the guy you guys always talk about. Like, Lillard went to bat for David Vanderpool. Like, yeah. why aren't people hiring this guy? Well, like, here's yeah. your chance, man. Like, here's your chance. guy. You got the power. Like, put his name out there. Yep. Yeah. You know what? I didn't even think about Carnathy Towns, but man, putting him in a, in a winnable situation, I think you would see a different guy. I really do. I think that he would, he would, I mean, he's already a great player. I mean, he's a great player in Minnesota where he knows he doesn't have a chance to win. So <laughs> you put him in a situation where he's in Portland with a Damian Lillard um, and, and some of those other guys on that roster, like giving, giving Lillard a second a second guy that will give you 28 and 12 consistently. Um, yeah, I mean, and like you said, I, I think him and Mavericks or, or New Orleans, I think he would help any of those teams. Uh, get over, get over a hump for sure. The cat Zion spacing might be a little weird, but it's it, fun it to would watch. be. It, it would be, but I, honestly, though, I think that I think that cat. It would be weird, but I think cat would, like you said, I think he would be able to stretch it the floor a little bit, and possibly give Zion a little bit of room to work inside. Um, Zion would have to become a little bit better jump shooter, um, in order for that to to be effective, though. Well, we we all know. Um, that series, I know they, 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 they lost in six, but that series really came down to that second overtime. Yeah. Yeah. 
And Lillard was clearly gassed. When they lost that game, they lost the series. And, and you could tell, like, Dame was done. Like, Yeah, he was gassed. I mean, he was absolutely gassed. He he just did something that, you know, you don't see many players do. I mean, he legit put the team on his back. He hit two threes, put them in the first overtime, and then the second overtime. And I think yeah. we and I told you guys, like, the rest of the team shot one for 14, and Covington missed two dunks. And I'm like, when you get to that point, man, like, you just have to realize, like, you're defeated. So yeah. – but real quick, the Blazers shot better in the series. They shot better from three-point range in the series, and they shot better from the free throw line in the series, and they lost. Pretty so, wild. Like, how does that happen? That's pretty wild. Well, I, I think that Denver, um, as much as they, you know, as much as everybody speaks about Jamal Murray, um, Jokic is, is going to be the MVP, and Michael Porter Jr. was really good. Dude, he's a problem. Dude, he's going to be a problem for a while. I was so wrong about Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, he's so going to be a problem. He's going to be a problem for a while. I just think we needed to see him healthy. That's all. We needed to see him healthy. And we yeah. see him now. We, we already knew that, that coming out of that draft, he should have been a top three pick. Yeah. Uh, he pulled because of his health. And now he's healthy. And we're getting, we're reaping the benefits of him being healthy. And Denver's like, yeah, dude, we got to steal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, uh, he was a problem all series for them. And, and and truth be told, Portland really didn't have anybody that could match up with him. So um, it was, you know, if he plays like that, I mean, that, that's, I mean, that's a, a bonus for them, even with Murray out. So um, what, what can they do with, um, what can they do with McCollum? I feel like McCollum's the issue. Like that's where the team needs to shift away from. Like McCollum didn't really give Dame anything in the series. No, he stepped out of bounds in that double overtime game. Yeah, like, he did. And he's um, he yeah. owed like $31 million next year. He's what? He's owed like $31 million next year. Oh, my gosh. Well, hold on, Tim. I, I know you're you're good at this, and I'm going to – I literally say, have the trade machine up right now. I was going to say, <laughs> where's the trade machine? I know you have it somewhere <laughs> pulled up. I know you said uh, something about the Kings. Well, I'm yeah, trying to figure I, out how I can get Carl Anthony Towns on Portland. Bear with me, right. guys. Let's <laughs> do some filler talk while I do well, this. No, so, okay? so while, while you're doing that, we'll go to the next subject. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll move ahead, and uh, you go ahead and try to work that work that guys, trade. And we're gonna straight up. You can do Carl Anthony Towns or CJ McCollum. Nothing else. Straight really? up. Straight up. Money matches. Does it really? Money matches. Here's what you gain. They said the Blazers gained uh, the, the cap impact is the Blazers get 130 has 113 k more on the books. That's chump change. So yeah. yeah, but then you're gonna put you're gonna put Minnesota with a bunch of guards. Who cares? They're Minnesota. Right? They're the worst <laughs> ran franchise in basketball. Like, do you want me to put Anthony Edwards in the deal? Because I'll do it. I'll see if we can make a make a super awesome trade work. But Cal is a Cal was a better offender and defensive player this year than McCollum. Great Nurkic and uh, Cantor. (laughs) (laughs) Buddy, that could be a whole episode in of itself of just Tim playing on the trade machine. (laughs) 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 Who do you want the Pacers to get? I can see you want Lori Marketing. Let me see if I can make it happen. (laughs) I do think hilarious. I do think the Stouts took the. you know, the coach always takes the hit for the the Blazers supporting cast. 
they tricked that off, man. And and the coach is going to take the blunt of that for what happened. But if anybody watched those games and watched the overtime of game five, um, that wasn't a coaching issue, man. That was that was literally like Dame was out there by himself playing and, and nobody was trying to help. That's that's yeah. what well and Josh, I, you brought up a good you brought up a good point in the text. Like like Stotts can't go out and shoot for you. I mean, I like, like, like he's not he's he's not on the line shooting three pointers. He's not he's not turning the ball over. Like there there's not a whole lot you can do, uh, you know, when the supporting cast isn't as you know. I feel like he, did, he did it. He coached the the series well. Um, even to be they shouldn't even have been in that position. Like Denver was is clearly the better team on paper, even to me. Um, right. I don't think people realize how good. I don't. We might have to do absolutely. I don't think people realize the rosters that Denver and Utah put together. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. All season, like Utah, Utah's like a bunch of assassin snipers. Like they they shoot the ball about as well as anybody I've ever seen shoot basketball. Like they're they're like a bunch of they're like Golden State plus. They just have consistent shooters all around the floor. Like their whole team shoots. I mean, how many times have we said it? Like, dude, they're shooting fifty percent from three point range. They made yeah. twenty They, you know, I, without I, Jamal Murray. I, I sent you guys a screenshot of Utah starters the other night, man. They were like twelve for seventeen from three point range, and I'm like, like, what do you do when that happens? Pray. Four of your five starters are just clipping you everywhere you look. You pray. You hope for the best. You pull Craziness. off whatever. Yeah. Yeah, like you're like, please God, this one does not go in. <laughs> yeah, I also just looked. Portland doesn't have any draft picks in this draft. Oh, they don't. And I'm trying to figure out who has the picks. I'm like, what trade did they make where they give up picks? And I can't remember any. Um, okay, the Rockets have their first rounder. So that's pick twenty three. So, for those who are keeping store at home, the Rockets right now, if it went by standings, would have pick one, 23 and 24. And then Portland's second round pick went to the Grizzlies. So, yeah, Portland doesn't have a pick till next year. Oh, wow. Hey, dumbass franchises, this was not the year to trade draft picks. No, it was not. <laughs> I'm saying this wearing a Bulls hat, but we got Vucevic, so I'm fine with it. There but this isn't the year you trade draft picks. This team, this draft is really nice. Oh yeah, absolutely. So yeah. speaking of end of series, and we've already brought them up before, uh, the Clippers survived the Mavs game seven. Uh, Kawhi had to turn into Superman game six, played it well again, game seven. Um, I don't even know what to think about this series. Um, Dallas, I, I didn't think Dallas should even have been like as far as you look at their roster, shouldn't even have been in it. Shouldn't have Not been even close. It shouldn't have been even close. But you look at, uh, you know, I'm looking back at Luca's run here in the playoffs, and, they're, and I'm trying to see. I just had it pulled up. So this past game, he went 46 and 14 assists. Uh, Game six, he went 29 and 11 assists, eight rebounds. Game five, he went 42 points and 14 assists. 
Oh, in the lost game four, he only had 19 and six. He didn't play very oh, well. Man. They lost to the Clippers game three and went 44, nine and nine. I mean, <laughs> I mean, in his postseason this year, he played 39 minutes, shot 47% from the field, 40 from three, but only 50% free throw from the free throw line. Averaged eight rebounds, 9.7 assists, and averaged 34 points in the six games versus the Clippers. Ben, it's funny. It's funny that you said I remember earlier we were talking and I said I want to touch on how sometimes stats don't really dictate. And I, and I, I know you were out today and Tim was, was busy, and I actually sat and watched the entire game. So when you look at the stat line and you see – Sounds like you're bragging. <laughs> Uh, when you look at the stat line and you see 46, 7, and 14, just don't look at anything else. Just look at that. 17 and 30 from the field, right? Yeah. You're like, dude, <laughs> that's a monster game. Like, that is crazy that he put that, that stat line up and they lost. But what you don't see in that is how that 46 came. You don't see um, certain parts of the game when there were runs being going and, and – and there were certain parts of the game where, like, somebody needed to take over, like, things didn't happen. And then you turn and you look at Kawhi's line. Kawhi was 28, 10, and 9. Yep. Okay? Wow. When you look at that and you say, okay, well, um, who had the better game? Well, you look at that stat line, you're like, Luka did. Like, Luka had the way better game. But in reality, he didn't. Like, Kawhi actually outplayed Luka in this game. And – you know, people are going to be like, oh, well, Kawhi had help and this and that. But, like, what people don't realize with basketball, like, there's two sides of basketball. There's offense and there's defense. So, we were talking about this, and Luke has got this canny ability to – the same way Trey Young does, he gets switches on pick and rolls, and then he gets in front of his defender, and he backs in, he backs into him to draw contact to get these fouls and get free throws up. Well – I'm thinking, like, why are you trying to go to the free throw line when you're only shooting 50% from the free throw line? Like, you're going there just to miss them at this point. Like, you know, try to get somewhere to get to your spot to get a shot. Right. Uh, in the fourth quarter, I think he scored seven or nine points that were literally in garbage time that didn't even matter. Like, yeah. they, were, they were points that, like, the Clippers were just trying not to foul. They were trying not to do something stupid. They were trying to run the clock. So, he hit like three uh, layups and a three-pointer where they just kind of left him alone. So nine of those 46 were just given to him. He scored 29, I think, in the first half. Yeah. So He had 19 the first quarter, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So when you look at how the points were scored, like he started off the game on fire. You know, he put up 29 in the first uh, half. Uh, nine of those came. So 38 of the 46 were literally in the first half and, and garbage time. So those other, was it eight points was the entire second half. That's all he scored. And what happened was they started making it. They started figuring out ways to get Kawhi on Luca. And when Kawhi was guarding Luca, Luca could not do anything. He was locked up. He, and actually they showed the stats for the series primary defender Kawhi Leonard on Luka like he did not play well like he didn't shoot well he didn't score well he had a bunch of turnovers so when Luka was able to get the odds in his favor the game looked like it was going his way well when Kawhi got criticized in game five about looking tired and you know he needs to be guarding Luka from that moment on he took the entire series over 
Like he was the best player on the floor on both ends of the floor. It was no doubt. Um, Kawhi also didn't have any turnovers today and Luca had six or seven. So that was big. That was big. That's huge. People are going to say the stat line says that Luca was the better player. But what I saw on the, my eye told me today, like Kawhi was everywhere. Like he was, he was picking off passes. He was deflecting balls in the lane. He was getting around screens to get on Luca in the second half. And people don't realize when they went on, they went on like a 24 to like four run at, in the fourth quarter. And it was all Kawhi. Like all of it was Kawhi. Yeah. And so like what Luca did in the beginning of the game, Kawhi did at the end of the game when it mattered. I'm not saying that what Luca did in the beginning didn't, but I'm saying like, remember back when uh, LeBron had that fantastic series against Golden State and I told everybody, I was like, look, Golden State had a plan. We're going to wear him down, let him get whatever he wants. By the time the fourth quarter rolls around, like he's going to be gassed. And in the fourth quarter, he's not going to be able to do anything. And that's exactly what happened. That's the same exact thing that happened to Luca in the end of the series. By the time he got to the fourth quarter, he was done for. And they showed the stats. Like he only averaged like six points a game in the fourth quarter. That was it. And he had seven or nine of them today. Um, Wow. So like, Again, that stat line doesn't tell the whole story of the flow of the game. And that's why I don't like to use stats because when you get into the analytics and you break it down quarter by quarter and like time frame by time frame, like Luca's line went down as the game went on and Kawhi's went up as the game went on. And that's right. why you saw a 15 point win by the Clippers um, because Luca just he couldn't get it done. And his teammates was giving him no help whatsoever. Um, yeah. And I want to, and I want to come in. And Ty Lue because oh, when Ty Lue won that championship with the, with the with the Cavs, he didn't have to coach. Like I just watched him coach his butt off that game. He he did substitutions that he didn't do the whole um, series. That he played man and he played Leonard today, and both of them gave him double digits. They had seven players in double digits. Yeah, and he he outcoached Rick Carlisle in this series for sure. He did, and and um, you know I I applaud Carlisle for playing Bobin. Like Bobin came in and he did what he was supposed to do. Like why not do that earlier in the series? Um, he was a problem in the first half. He was actually the one that was allowing Luca to get by setting screen and rolls and having the switches. And then like you take him out of the game and now all of a sudden you don't have that anymore. And then you bring him in when the score's already down. Like at that point, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, and like you said, Porzingis didn't really give him anything for the whole series. So that's, that's a casualty waiting to happen. Yeah. You earlier, you know, you were, you were like, why, you know, cause I, I have to be like, I understand my issues with like the foul hunting is not an individual player thing. It's a game thing. And like, when you're like, well, Luca does it too. I'm like, buddy, Luca's second best player is Tim Hardaway Jr. Like, yeah. I don't be in Trey Young fouls too in that case. But like, you know, like you're like, what Trey Young does. It's like, well, you know, Bo, Bo Donovich is shooting really well for them. He's got Clint Capella who's playing well. DeAndre Hunter, who I love. Big DeAndre Hunter guy. John oh, Collins. Like, was clutch today. Can you imagine if Luca, if the, if the Hawks don't make the trade? And I know, like, right now, people are still trying to say, like, well, this is showing the trade's even. Trust me, folks, it's not. But, yeah. like, like if Luca stayed in Atlanta with those dudes on that team right now. Actually, yeah. I think if Luca was in Atlanta, he might be the lead MVP candidate right now. Right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> My God. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll say this, though. Atlanta needs some props because they've done a – we hmm. talked about good rosters and bad rosters. Like they've constructed a really good roster. hell of a roster. Their roster, it's 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 loaded. I mean, they've got all kinds of players. And not only that, then you went out and got Lou Will. I mean, to to come off the bench. I mean, like, for Lou. 
I feel like the like people because I know Atlanta had a couple down years. That's the reason they got Trey Young. Yeah. Um, but they're a smart franchise. It's not like they're yeah. a bunch of idiots. Like I get they had a couple down years there, but I mean they went to the playoffs forever in a row. Like yep. They were so always, do they retain Nate McMillan? I mean he's still have interim, to. Right? Half you gotta him. you gotta keep him right. No way you can let him walk out the door with what he right. did. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, we'll yeah that's they, they have a really well constructed roster for sure. Nate McMillan's done a great job uh, getting that team ready for for uh, for this playoff run. So say this real quick about Atlanta, and this is why I like Atlanta. Atlanta's going to give Philly some problems this whole season. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, back to Dallas, their starters went 18, 11, 14, 16, and 46. Their bench went 0, 4, 0, 2, 0. So, yeah, their, their bench was bad all series. Like, it wasn't very good at all. Yeah, and then you look at a team like Atlanta, like, they're constructed different. You know, Atlanta's bench gave you 11, 8, and 15. You yeah. know, that, that's a big different, difference than – um, what Dallas gave you, and then their starters gave you 21, 11, 35, 21, and six. So they had three guys in 20 point in the 20 point range for Atlanta. So that's a big difference. And, and like you said, like I don't know why people didn't think Clint Capella was that good. He, they thought he was a product of James Harden. Well, he's clearly showing us <laughs> yeah. good in the NBA. Um, yeah. We already, we've all said we like John Collins. Um, I don't know why Sacramento gave up on Bogdanovich so fast. Like he was the one they wanted to go. Um, he's clearly showed that he fits, um, you know, Gallinari, Lou Williams and Herter off the bench. Like they all play well. Um, I don't know, man. The, the, the teams that have the deeper benches, I feel, are the teams that are going to be able to contribute and, and move forward. And when you're top heavy with your five starters and you don't have a bench that can contribute, it hurts you in the long run. Yeah. I agree with that to a point. Um, but, you know, when you get deeper into the playoffs, you obviously shorten your bench. And I think it kind of goes to like, so like, you know, you talk about Ty Lue, Josh, like when the Cavs were in the finals every year, he would get to the finals. He played eight dudes. He's like, these five, these three, like, and he would like, he would make some matches. Like, he's like, Oh, this Richard Jefferson thing's really working in the finals. Yeah. Who would have thought that. I'm going to use him even when Kevin Love comes back from his concussion. And it did wonders for the Cavs to win that title. Um, yeah. I think Ty Lue's really good X's and O's. I remember like when like it was the stuff about him, about him almost being the Lakers coach. And first off, the Lakers did him wrong. Um, which is why he's yeah, because they're like, we're gonna hire you, but we're gonna hire Jason Kidd also. And basically said, like, you know, if something, you know, and he's like, I've been this guy. Like, no, I'm not I, doing yeah, that. Job. I, I was that guy. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm not doing that. I was that guy. Um, but to talk about the Clippers, to go back to our whole point in this conversation before, of course, Tim Daniel goes on a tangent and goes away from it. They were the team I was most comfortable on going to the playoffs to win it all. Um, now, obviously, after watching Brooklyn yesterday that has changed um but not i not brooklyn without harden they were i mean i don't think they need james harden the way that katie and Kyrie can do things no, in the he, playoffs. he's like, just an extra bit they don't even need him he can rest of the finals we're just trying to figure out where that where the other guy came from the redhead mixed dude like where he come from <laughs> right i always love that like pistons fans are like well he didn't do that while he was here and it's like yeah he did yeah they forget that that 2000, what was it, 19 or 2018 or 19 season. He was really good. <laughs> yeah. He was like 13 on NBA with LeBron. Yeah. Like, um, but 
I just kind of felt like the way the Clippers roster is built. And like you said, man, like he pushes the right buttons. I'm not going to go in here and like, like he's Papa bitch by any means. Right, right, right. But do I, th- I do think he's a good enough NBA coach. And I yep. think he's proved that um, when he got fired from Cleveland, like that was just proof that they're a terrible franchise. Um, but also I understand it was trying to move on from the LeBron era. Um, and that, that's gone really well since then, hasn't it? Man, but, I'll tell you what. Ooh. Yeah. I, how's that Kevin Love? How's that Kevin Love era working? <laughs> did you see there was that article? I, I mentioned this probably a couple weeks ago. It might have been on the episode of Sean. There was this article that came out where like the other team was making fun of Colin Sexton, like talking to cast players on the court. They're like, guys, what are you doing? You know, he's not gonna pass you the ball. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think that, you know, when they went and got Rondo, I made fun of it, obviously. And so yeah. far it's worked out. Um, you know, I only played a couple minutes today, but they're, you know, they're just really good. And, you know, yeah. when you have, when you have Kawhi Leonard in the playoffs, deep in the playoffs, you know that you have a shot. Paul George is really good this series. I mean, Paul George is really good this series. Yeah, he I absolutely make, was. I yeah. make fun of Paul George a lot. Again, people are going to look at his shooting and be like, oh, playoff P. But I'm like, you guys didn't see everything else he was doing. Like, that's the thing about basketball. Like, it's not always about scoring. Like, he he was doing a lot of other things. He had 10 assists today. Yeah. Like I said, I make fun of Paul George a lot because he's a terrible talker. And he always puts his foot in his mouth. But I do think that he is a – I mean, I'm wearing a Paul George hoodie right now. Like, so, you know, he's obviously terrific. and. He's, you know, a guy that deserves to be where he's at right now. This team. Can they beat Utah, though? I think Phoenix will beat Utah. Ooh, okay. You I think, think Phoenix will beat Utah? I think the leadership of Chris Paul does wonders in that series. Oh, man. Wait a minute. Phoenix is playing Denver, right? Do I have this wrong? Yeah, hold on. My bad, my bad. No, 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 no. Phoenix is playing Utah. Okay. No. All right. Phoenix is definitely playing Denver. Okay. Oh, yeah. Phoenix is playing Denver. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, I got this mixed up. Too, yeah. too much shit going on. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think Phoenix beats Denver in six. In regards to Utah, the Clippers, I think they can. Um, do I want them to? No, obviously I don't for obvious reasons, but because I want to see Donovan Mitchell play forever. I don't want to have a day where I can't see Donovan Mitchell play basketball. He's yeah. terrific. Um, I think he's going to be a superstar in the – he's he's great now, but I think he's going to be a superstar. Um, yeah. And if the Clippers get through through Utah, which I do think they will strictly on the fact that Kawhi Leonard with a chance to go to the finals is something special. Yeah. And I think Paul George may finally have found that extra step he needed. But Utah is pretty terrific, so I think it's going to be an excellent series. It will be a great series. Um, I did I did some research, and as of right now, the, the as it stands, let's say Philly, Philly, Philly's the key here. Um, if they advance or don't advance, it'll be the first time since 1982 or 83. That's when Philly last won a championship. 83. None of those other teams have won since then I really? think the Bucks, won, the Bucks won in 71 um Tim we talked about already Atlanta I said, didn't I send you this text 
Well, we were talking about you said there were having X, X six teams that hasn't won a championship. I'm saying like it'll be the first time since like '82 since one of those teams have have been there to win. I mean, Philly lost back to the Lakers back in whenever. One, yeah. A uh, one. Yeah. Uh, Utah obviously lost to the Bulls in '96 um, and Milwaukee yeah. hasn't won since '71. Or they haven't won since 71 or 74. Or and Phoenix hasn't been since 93. Phoenix hasn't been since 93. Um, the Nuggets, I don't think have ever been. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're talking about it's been the first time since 1999 that the four that four teams haven't been in the finals. You know, with Miami and uh, the Lakers and the Celtics and uh, who was the other? Golden State. Golden State. And the Spurs, sorry, the Spurs are the other ones. Um, one of those four teams have always been there since then. That's crazy. Yeah, it's the first non-LeBron Steph final since 2009. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> what a crazy stat. But I tell you what, I would have liked this. I was telling you guys earlier, I would have liked to seen Dallas win because in the West, you would have had four young superstars vying to go to the finals with uh, Mitchell, Jokic, Luca, and then and Booker. Uh, and Booker, Devin Booker, yeah, and that would have been a that would have been a great thing to see. And the problem is on the other side, though, you got the like perennial all stars with Giannis and Bead, KD, Kyrie, Harden, who are all on one team. And then you yeah. got, the, got the young boy Trey Young. So, um, DeAndre Hunter. <laughs> you said DeAndre Hunter. I love DeAndre Hunter. Love him. Yeah. Big fan. I can't wait for one of these young guys to be the one that wins their championship because um, that's when we know that we have the changing of the guard. And we still might see LeBron win another one. We might see Steph win another one. Um, but I think we might see Kawhi get one this year. But I think when one of those guys win one, and even if it has to be at the expense of like taking down a KD or that would be even better if it's at the expense of taking down like the Nets uh, or taking down and beat or Giannis, you know, to, to put one of those guys up there to say, I'm the face of the league for the next how many ever years, I think that would be a great thing to see. That would be good for the NBA as well. Yeah, it would. I agree. Awesome. Well, gentlemen, we have one more awesome thing that we've got, another segment. If you had the opportunity to buy any jersey of a current superstar, give me your top 10 jersey buys to close out the show. Give me your top 10. Timmy D, what are your top 10 jersey buys in the NBA current superstars? So this is like if I have 1200 bucks and I go on Fanatics, I can buy 10 new shirts. Yeah, because absolutely for some reason or another, retail Nike jerseys are $120. And yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know how you guys have kids and buy jerseys all the time. Holy God. Like... <laughs> Man, send some of your cash my way. I just built a fire pit today. There you go. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I think I've mentioned everyone on this my list just about once to this episode. So I'll paraphrase real quick. I don't have LeBron Davis and Steph Curry on the list because they already have their jerseys. So yeah. that's why they're not listed. Uh, 10, I have, I have Donovan Mitchell. Like I said, I think he's terrific. He's so fun to watch. And that green jazz jersey is hideous. So I have to have it. You have to have it. Yeah. Uh, ben Simmons is nine for me. I just really love the idea of tall point guards. I'm sure you're noticed by my favorite player of all time. Um, 
Damian Lord at eight, just because Dame time. Yep. Uh, Jimmy Butler's at seven. I did used to have a Bulls Butler jersey, but then I saw how much they were going for on eBay. So I got rid of that Bulls Butler jersey. Um, Zach Levine at six because he plays for my favorite team. And, you know, we know he's a superstar in the making. Giannis because he's Giannis. Mm -hmm. My top four was really difficult, but I narrowed it down to Zion at four. Devin Booker at three. Luca at two. And number one is my favorite young player in the league who, although his team got eliminated in the first round, was absolutely terrific, John Morant. Nice. Nice. Good deal. Odellis Varelis, your top 10 jersey buys. All right. So mine, mine's not going to be in a specific order, but um, I just wrote them down based off of um, jerseys that I don't have um, that I would get. And my list is is very similar to Tim's, as crazy as that sounds, um, with the exception of I think I have two guys on my list that you did not have. So um, I'm going to go favorite team, favorite college team first. So with the Bulls, I'm with you. I, I would love to have a Zach Levine jersey. Um, I think that he's the, the last part of the season before he got hurt or went on that, we had that protocol where he could sit out, like he was on a tear. Um, I think that he put the league on notice that he could be every bit as good as any superstar in the league. So um, rolling there. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, by all means, I'm a Louisville guy. Um, he's, I think, went way above and beyond any expectation that anybody thought he was going to be in the NBA, except for the Jazz. Um, I've always heard the Jazz talk about how great they thought he could be, and uh, they definitely hit the jackpot with him. Um, I'm with you, Dame Lillard. Um, I think Dame was so disrespected early on in his career because he played in Portland. He's up in the Pacific Northwest. Not a lot of TV time. I don't think people saw what he was doing on a nightly basis. Um, I think now people see the bubble and they see this year like, oh, yeah, he's the real deal for real. Um, Can't leave him out anymore. So I'm there. Um, Luca. I, I personally think at 22 years old, Luca has the the tools where he may be the closest to being the best in the league. And uh, Dallas, if that come back with some of the retro jerseys, I would love to have like the old Dallas jersey um, when Jason Kidd used to play there with Luca's name on it. And then um, from there, I am going Devin Booker, Trey Young. I threw that one there on purpose so Tim can make a face. <laughs> I said nothing. It's your list. Um, Zion. And I also like Zion's signature shoe. I think it's a decent look. It does shoe. look good. Um, one of the names that I have different is uh, I got Jason Tatum. Um, I would really like to own a Jason Tatum. I think that he's probably got uh, one of the highest ceilings of any guy on this list for me. And um I like Boston's OG jerseys. Um, I've always wanted to own a, a Celtics jersey, even though I'm not truly a Celtics fan. But uh is guy for me. Um, Tim, you're right. John Morant um, is another guy that I think is taking the league by storm. Um, his jersey is definitely one that, um, that should be got. Um, and then 
for my 10th, I actually had a, a toss up here and I think I might go with 11 jerseys because, um, my favorite, he's got that bankroll. Yeah, right. Yeah. My favorite player in the league, I don't own his Jersey and, um, I should probably get one. Um, but I don't know if I would get it in the OKC version or if I would get it in the Brooklyn version or the golden state version, but, uh, that is Kevin Durant. Got to be the Seattle one, actually. Or, or the Seattle one, which they're which – they're Seattle bringing. will be dope. Seattle one will be real dope. And then Giannis. Um, I, I, I think Giannis is, is one of those players that's going to get scrutinized until he wins the title. So, um, we've all talked about how good Giannis is. I think people just – because he does the same thing every single year, they're going to like, eh, he's going to put up his 28 and 12, and he's just Giannis. But, like, he's a guy that can take over the entire game. So – um, I got a toss up right there, but those are my 10 slash 11. So, oh, I so, so Josh, I, I did almost put Jason Tatum on my list. Um, so I said that I'll put him on my list when he plays on a new team. <laughs> you replaced him with Ben Simmons. Is that what you did? Um, yeah, it was close. Um, that group was pretty difficult for me, honestly, because I was like, after Davis or any of the Lakers, like, I really like James Wiseman. I do think he's going to be really good. But the one I took off the list that was really difficult was LaMelo. Like, I, I was like, I really want to put him on the list somewhere. I just could not fit him in 10. Yeah. I was going to say LaMelo would probably be like 12. Yeah. Um, Tatum just missed my list. Um, but my list is pretty much the same as, as with you all. Um, Luca, Giannis, KD. Booker, I would Steph Curry, Donovan Mitchell, Sabonis because of course, pastry guy, sure. uh, Dame Dollar, Morant and Zion. Those those would be my ten. Tatum just missed my list, and Lam- and Lamelo just missed my list. Chris Paul missed mine too. Yeah, but I really want a New Orleans Hornets. Chris Paul, the blue one with those. Oh straight, yeah, yeah, I really yeah. like those a lot actually. Yeah, those are sick. Those are sick. Um, but, yeah, man, fantasy jerseys, I, it, those are always hard just because there's so many young players in the league that are so good. Um, to narrow it down to 10 was really difficult. Like I said, I had probably 12 or 13 guys listed. Um, and to narrow it down to 10 uh, is tough. But um, all, all three lists pretty much had the same guys on them. And, and, you know, we talked about this earlier, the league, you know, with, you know, LeBron out, you know, with, you know, with other guys, you know, Steph Curry being out, the league is still in really good hands. Well, think about I mean, it. You're, you're seeing so much young, good talent with, you know, Booker, Donovan Mitchell, um, you know, Embiid, Simmons. Like, you're, you're so much young talent. We're about to have a guy win MVP and none of us picked his jersey. I know. I know. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? But it, it's it's so cool to see like some of these young guys, some of these young guns, kind of step up and be the new face of the league. So, hey, gentlemen, dude. it's been an absolute pleasure to get back on the mic, Tim. Once again, congratulations, happy you're back, um, and we are definitely excited. Uh, if you want to check us out, uh, you can get on the socials at Forty Eight Minutes NTWRK on the Twitters and the Instagram. Uh, you can also check us out uh, on social media. You can check us out on Wednesdays with the 48 Minutes crew. Uh, they will be up 
Uh, Tim and Sean will be up on Wednesdays. Um, and we look forward to that podcast as well. So we want to thank you guys for joining us tonight and have a good one.